Thank you for listening to the Iffy Market Podcast. I'm your host, Sky Cassidy, and we've got uh, Carla Jo Helms, our co-host here with us today. Hi, guys. And uh, also with us is Laura Hall. She'll be talking uh, talking with us about content delivery and content marketing. Laura is the Senior Manager of Marketing Communications and Content at Sales Loft. She spent the first half of her career in sales before moving into sales effectiveness, consulting, and finally marketing strategy. A lot of people coming from sales into marketing. I love it. Laura holds an uh, MBA from the Georgia Institute of Technology and a retiree jacket from Atlanta's Roller Derby League. Obviously, we're going to need to know more about that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Laura, we're really happy to have you on today to talk about content marketing, content delivery. What can you tell us about Roller Derby, though? <laughs> well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Uh, roller Derby is not staged, I would like for everybody to know. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I skated for two years until I broke my jaw and I couldn't fly out to a client meeting. My boss at the time suggested that maybe I find something a little less masochistic for a hobby. That's, that's a hobby. <laughs> what is roller derby? It, it, what is roller derby? Yes. Um, okay. Uh-oh. So if you've ever seen the movie Whip It, it does a really good job explaining it. Um, and some of it, some of Atlanta's roller girls were actually uh, stunt doubles in that movie, but um it's it's basically kind of like football, but on skates, and okay. a person called the jammer is actually the ball. Yeah, it's it's like football and WWF on roller skates, right? Right, right. But everybody yeah. gets a fun name, so that's that's good. <laughs> um, <laughs> Your name? My name was Layla Beatdown. <laughs> Layla Beatdown, right. which is funny because I'm five two. <laughs> It doesn't rhyme either. I thought the names had to rhyme. I was just kind of like a play on words, like lay the beat down and my favorite song. Is oh, I get it. So, you know. Okay, I'm impressed. That's fun. Thanks. It actually uh, was the connector that got me to my current job. Funny no enough. way. Many years later, uh, my former uh, teammate brought me in at Sales Loft. It's weird. We have uh, three former roller girls employed here. That's so cool. Yeah. So is it like being in the army, like the people on your roller derby team, you're, you're kind of, you know, a band of brothers type of a thing, right. band of sisters where you're always have that bond. That's true. It's true. Army gang, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> the roller derby gang. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's a great sport though. It's fantastic. If anybody listening has never been to a bout is what they're called, uh, go to one there. I'm sure there's one in every major city in America at this point. Yeah. I went, I have a niece that was in roller derby for a while and, um, I went to one and it was, right. it was fascinating. What was her I, name? I'd only seen it like in the movies, stuff like that. Oh boy, I don't know what a roller derby name was. It was oh, years ago and I have a terrible part. memory. Yeah, I was just fascinated. I'd never been exposed, you know, other than a, a movie about roller derby or something like that. To see what it's really like versus the movies was, you know, was really fascinating. It's it's pretty brutal, but it's incredibly amazing. And you really do have a, a, a band of brothers for life or sisters, I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, if you um, if you just joined in on the podcast, this episode's about roller derby. Um, <laughs> now we'll be talking about content, but uh, getting through the roller derby part—that's um, awesome. I want to see a photo for the uh, uh, for the podcast if you have one. All right. 
moving on from that, another off-topic subject here. Uh, noticed on your LinkedIn, it says you're a teller of uncle jokes. I am. I'm continually in trouble with my coworker, Sunshine, who collects dad jokes. Are you guys like in a rivalry where she says dad jokes are better and you say uncle jokes? Or? No, they're just that we put them out on social and in our newsletter. And um, I she, she crowdsources the jokes. And so the ones that I submit always get shot down because... She says that they are, in fact, uncle jokes and not dad jokes. What is an uncle joke? It's just an uses an uncle instead of a dad? Yeah, you know, like your, <laughs> your creepy uncle. Uh, it's just a little off color, you know. It's, it's, it's like a, it's an inappropriate uh, dad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's with it's uncle do- jokes, dad jokes, no aunt and mom jokes? Come on. Yeah, you know, I tried <laughs> the yo mama path a bit more. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's time. We've had the yo mama and all that kind of stuff. It's time for the uncles and dads to uh, step in front of the fire. Right, range now. right. <laughs> so can you give us one? Oh, um, sure, but you might have to bleep it. <laughs> uh, yeah, we can bleep or not. This is an explicit okay, podcast. We were talking so. about Harry Potter at work today, so I'll give you something thematic. Um, what do you call a wizard who marries outside the magical community? No I idea. Yeah. A muggle fucker. <laughs> I, okay. I was worried because I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan. I hope I don't get hate mail for that, um, but that I wouldn't get the joke at all. But I have heard that word. So I actually read all the books and there's nothing wrong with thank that you, joke. Thank you. Nothing wrong with it. It should go in the That's newsletter. <laughs> well, we will not bleep that out. We uh, we here at the podcast market the shit out of it, so we can uh, we can swear all we want. No FCC yes. around. Um, okay, so moving on from Uncle Jokes, Roller Derby, eventually we'll talk about some marketing. Okay. Let's get into that now. Or actually, you know what? Let's get into a little bit more into you and what you do there at uh, at Sales Loft. What's your day-to-day like? And can you tell us a little bit also about you know what Sales Loft does? Uh, sure. Um, starting out with Sales Loft will help it make a little more sense. Um, we are a sales sales engagement platform. So officially, our mission is to activate the authentic seller in all of us. So we automate certain sales activities or schedule activities, making it easier for salespeople to spend more time personalizing their communications and uh, their efforts with prospecting and with current customers. And how, how are you different than other software as a service on the market. What is your differentiation? Well, sales engagement is kind of a new space. We actually just got our own quadrant in uh, G2, the, the crowd review site. Um, sales Loft is leading, cough, cough. Um, mm. So we don't actually have a ton of competitors. You know, there's, there's a handful and we have there a couple where we've uh, gone back and forth with, but um, we're really, I think what sets Sales Loft apart and what draws me to this company is the mission to completely redefine the sales industry. You know, you think about that Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross uh, stereotype, always be closing. You really don't care how you get to the yes, as long as you get to the yes, right? Well, this mm-hmm. is a different approach, right? It's trying to make that whole buying, selling experience better and mutually beneficial and becoming a, a true consultant and a business partner long term. Makes a lot of sense. I mean, the sales paradigm is changing for that very reason. You have consumers that are really more part of the sales process. Instead of being told what to do, they want to be included and consulted. And also, I think with any luck, when people think about sales, I hate it. They think about movies like Glenn Gary, yeah. Glenn Ross. I've said it many times on this podcast. All the movies people know about sales are about con men, not about sales. Right. Because that's fun to put in movies, 
Hollywood gives the sales industry a bad name. People think they should be afraid of salespeople. Salespeople are, you know, a good salesperson will sell you something you don't want to buy. No, that's not a good salesperson. I feel like if you're going to watch Glengarry Glenn Ross, you should have to listen to a Zig Ziglar book yes. or something like that. On what sales really is, you know, the part of, and I know this podcast is not about sales, but as long as we bring it up, I, I just hate that stereotype mm -hmm. of salespeople. Even used car salesmen don't have to be bad. It's just, there's no fun in making a movie about a used car salesman that helps people get the car they need at a reasonable price. Right, right. You know, that, that movie, that, that script gets rejected pretty quick. It's got to have some flash in it. It's got to have the con man. That's a lot more fun. Uh, so, you know, the, the archetype of a salesperson that's there to help you get what you need is kind of something that nobody recognizes. And I see companies like SalesLoft coming in and, and it feels like kind of enabling salespeople to focus on that part of their job more. Right, right. And with all the options consumers have today, I mean, you have to really engage with them on their own terms, right? You have to listen and understand and work across teams and figure out how to deliver a solution that is actually right for them and will work for them. And you know what? Guess what? If you don't, then they can go elsewhere. There are tons of competitors out there in every, every channel. Yeah. So. And in case it sounded like an infomercial there, that was off the cuff. I don't use sales loft. <laughs> I do very little sales myself in my job. I just, um, you know, have, have worked in sales quite a bit and that always bothers me yeah. that, uh, you know, that, that archetype of salespeople. And I love what companies like sales loft are doing with sales today to try to, you know, make it an experience that doesn't suck for everyone. Right. That's going to be a new tagline sales that doesn't suck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Funny. You mentioned that sales and marketing, you know, this is a marketing podcast and not sales, but I think there's a lot of overlap there and the stereotype kind of applies to marketing as well. Right. We hear about authenticity and sales, but marketing also has to take that approach, right? You have to create content that aligns with your overall message and your mission and helps your target audience, your readers accomplish their goals because you're really there to help them achieve something that they want or they need. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I really think sales is part of marketing. It's part of the intelligent promotion cycle. It's a life cycle. I mean, if you sequester off sales from marketing and from PR, you're missing uh, a huge benefit for the customer. So it's in for the company. And I think people are already afraid of salespeople. The real danger is if they start getting afraid of marketing and seeing it kind of as the tip of the con spear. Mm -hmm. um, if sales is the con, then marketing is kind of front loading the con funnel. Right. And that's really dangerous. Marketing really needs to make sure that we protect our, our reputation as kind of honest, uh, you know, honest distributors of information in the process and help sales, you know, get rid of that con. Uh, there, there needs to be a... Um, I don't know, some type of super pack uh, that, that works with Hollywood to stop all these movies about con people making it sales. We should make one. That might be our, our multi-million dollar idea. <laughs> Just going to go to Washington and have a, a bunch of uh, lobbyists. <laughs> I mean, I don't really want to go to Washington right now, though. <laughs> sales industry lobbyists and Hollywood. I guess we got to lobby Hollywood to, yeah. to, to have consultants in their movies for sales. No, I'm sorry. You can't have a sales guy do that. That's a, right. it's a bad impression. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what's your, what's your day-to-day -day there at, uh, at sales law? Uh, my day-to-day -day is uh, a tornado. <laughs> I've tried to be, be uh, more, more organized because uh, we do so many different things here, but honestly, I mean, you never know what is going to come up. But um, I am responsible for pretty much anything uh, customer facing or outward facing. So I manage our blog. I manage our, we're starting up a podcast. Um, 
our influencer program. Um, we're actually relaunching or, or redesigning our website. The new website will be up March 8th. And I was the kind of final comb through all of the messaging for that. So I've, I've got a new title for you. You could be the marketing tornado wrangler. I'm, I'm it could also be a, uh, it could be a, your a name cool in roller title. derby. If you make a roller derby comeback, you could be tornado wrangler. <laughs> well, our, our two product marketers are named sunshine and snow. So I kind of need a weather oh, wow. to fit in. I would fit right in with them. <laughs> you would, Sky. You would. You would. It's perfect. Come, come join. Come to the dark side. <laughs> Sorry, Laura. I cut you off on your on your day to day. Besides wrangling tornadoes, you're overseeing kind of all the different um, marketing. I hate to call them silos, but uh, departments, functions. Um, right. I kind of have a hand in everything. I, I help out managing PR. Um, I would, I would classify it as voice and tone, right? I get to be, we have the brand police, but we also have the voice and tone police. And so I get to do that part. Nice. It keeps you, uh, keeps you engaged, keeps you interested. You're not doing the same thing every day, all day. That's always good. Never. It's uh, it's always an adventure, which I love. Awesome. So jumping in now to, unless there's anything else you want to add, um, to kind of sales loft and what you do there, let's get over to the content part, Sure. content marketing, content delivery, specifically, can you give us a, a general overview? Pretend uh, we've got listeners here who have a startup and they have no idea what content marketing even is, maybe. Um, real general overview on, on content marketing for us. Right. Um, well, I think content marketing is uh, the most important part of marketing. I'm not biased. Uh, but it's really, it's at the center of the connection you have between your brand and your customer or your prospects. So it's either going to open their head and their heart to pay attention to what you're saying and, and care that that your company, your brand, your product exists, or it won't. Um, it's kind of like that uh, cliche. Now I'll do like a dad cliche. You never get a second chance to make a good first impression. Um, it's generally mm -hmm. the first thing people see from your company. So I, I like being on that forefront and being able to influence in that way. I like to say, and this might fit for content marketing also, the only purpose of a first impression is to get you a second impression. So true, yeah. After that, so with content, it's not... Uh, I mean, going back, I think before the show we were talking, I, I made a post this morning about this episode, uh, us recording it today, and we put a marketing Marvin up on it. That's a cartoon we do about the world's worst marketer. And he was saying, you know, his content strategy is to always be closing. I, I think yeah. it was something like that. And it's kind of the opposite. <laughs> Obviously, that's how he rolls. He does the opposite of what you should be doing. That first piece of content is really just to get them to see the second. And you know, it's very top of the funnel type stuff. So what type of content can people be doing? You know, somebody again, not a marketer, but needs to market for a startup or, or whatnot. I imagine it's everything from a basic social post up through to full on Super Bowl commercial or something. Right, right. Hopefully not that expensive if you're a startup. But um, <laughs> the, the biggest thing for me that I try to drive home, especially when we have um, contributors to content is that you want to be adding value. It should be thought leadership. Uh, and not a sales pitch, right? If your first impression is somebody doing this always be closing activity, then it's going to turn people off. Um, right. So you really have to make a concerted effort to add value to people um, and have have a plan for it, right? You can't you can't think, oh, okay, I'm going to throw a bunch of stuff at social and people are just going to all of a sudden come knocking at my door. That's that's not right. It's not like throwing spaghetti on a wall or whatever. You have to have a plan. Yeah. Uh, before you launch something. So yes, social media is great, but it's not the only place to be. It's not the magic bullet, which I feel like a lot of people have treated it as such. 
we've got another marketing Marvin I'll have to put up about going viral where he makes a video so that he can go viral and sit back and watch the money roll in. Right, right. And that's what people think like, I got a good idea. I'm going to put it on social media and it's going to go nuts. Oh my God. It drives me insane. And you know what? The videos on LinkedIn, I, they just make me want to shoot myself sometimes <laughs> watching them. I mean, Please tell me you're talking about the videos where people do the shot of their face just talking about um, how awesome they are. Because I hate so those. I've talked about it before. Those are my the thing I hate. And while we were on the podcast, I was talking about a couple podcasts back. I scrolled down LinkedIn and I saw one within like three posts, and then there was another, and then another. And it's not to say every post where somebody's talking is bad on LinkedIn, yeah. but they almost never give you any value. They just keep telling you how awesome they are and to give them money, and they'll make you awesome. Right. I'm like, this is not, we're not selling some voodoo shit over here, right? You're going to have to give people value. But what if you have someone that does that regularly, but they're actually giving you actionable advice, something that you can take away. It's not about them. They're more interested in you. You would like that, right? Yeah. No, I'm completely down with that. I'm not saying all video is bad. We do a lot of video here. Um, I just think you have to be intentional about it and it can't be self-serving, right? It's back to that sales stereotype. Yeah. You can't do that. You can't do it on social. You can't do it in person. You can't do it in email. Like, it just doesn't work. People, It turns people We off. have a sales guy who does, he'll do a walk like every day or something like that. And he does a lot of posts of himself talking, video of him while he's walking. And it's about sales, but it's him telling other salespeople what to do and what not to do. He's not talking mm -hmm. about himself or what he does or how awesome he is or how much money he can make you or anything. And those kind of things, I say, that's fine. It doesn't matter if it's just your face talking. That's perfectly fine. It's just, again, back to content. It's what's the content. Don't make the content suck. And also, the worst part for me is it's reinforcing this negative salesperson stereotype. Just like there's right. 50 con men on every LinkedIn page just blabbing away about how awesome they are and trying to steal your money. It's, it's well, there's a thousand ways to do something wrong. Yeah. Like what would be some of the the guiding points for putting together a plan and putting together great content, not just imparting valuable knowledge, but you know, what are some guidelines that if people stick to it, um, they'll do pretty well? Planning, I would say first and foremost, as, as creative people, as marketers typically hopefully are, um, creatives aren't necessarily known for living in spreadsheets or being super organized. Um, you know, just kind of, you have an idea, you have inspiration and you want to put it out there immediately. Well, you have to be intentional about it. Um, so thinking about in, in my industry, we, we sell, we sell to sales organizations. So I think about seasonality, um, when we're talking about topics. So maybe towards the end of the year, you, you focus on things like closing the year out strong, or you focus on, um, how to do a really great sales kickoff because people are planning those for January. Um, do things that are relevant to people that you're selling to or you're trying to reach at that time. Yeah. Um, same, same with trends too. Got it. And you mentioned like being creative versus the the planning part. And it, it makes me think of, you know, the original, uh, maybe not original, but old school content when you know, you're making radio shows and putting soap commercials on them and then making TV shows and putting commercials on them. Those things are regular. It wasn't the Lone Ranger didn't come out whenever they felt like it or had a good idea for an episode. It's like you have to know it's going to be coming out with, with the content. So it's not just occasionally you have a good idea, put something out, especially yeah. with today's platforms. You have to be regular or they will ignore you. The platform itself um, you know, won't yeah. put you in front of people. 
Yeah, and it's uh, it's all too easy now to do things on this ad hoc basis, but it's just, and, and it's exhausting. You know, if you have a plan, you can get this cross-team input and, and development effort, right? You have everyone in your organization from the CEO to your ground level, you know, SDR should have some input at some point in the content creation process. Not to say that you need to solicit input from a thousand people at once, but listen to the core business objectives. We have um, we have something called OKRs here, which is something that Google does, but it's objective key results. And we have them on a company-wide basis. Um, so we have them for sales loft as a whole. And then I have my own OKRs. Everybody has theirs. So I use that if our company is trying to drive home a specific point, like reliability was one last quarter. Um, so we'll, we'll use that to inform and solicit content that we produce. Great. And then can you give some examples of content? I mean, we've been talking about social posting, mm -hmm. but that could just be, you know, a blurb about something having to do with something, a quote, mm -hmm. an image, a meme, writing up a whole article, linking to a white paper. There's just so many things. You can make videos, you can make you know, images, so many things people can do. Isn't that part of the plan though, Laura? Like you want to have, you want to list out all the different content delivery um, aspects that you want to put into your content uh, marketing every month? Yeah, for sure. And we operate off of a, a system, I guess you'd call it, of big rock content. So I might develop something that is like a, a giant piece of content, like an ebook or a big research paper. And then from that, you just break it down, right? You break it down into blog posts. You break it down into like quote images you can use on social media. You break it into a podcast topic if you have a podcast or short videos if you want to do the videos on LinkedIn or post them on your, on your website. We do sales tips videos that we actually host on our website. Um, so make that huge effort to create something big and then the rest will be easy because you're just cutting off pieces of pig or whatever. Right. That's brilliant. A lot of repurposing and uh, dinging in the message, you know, hammering in what you're trying to do a bunch of different right. ways. So many different types of people get it. That's actually really brilliant. Well, it reinforces and you're not continually reinventing the wheel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even I mentioned a Super Bowl commercial. That's generally um, consumer stuff. So I'll try to stay away from it. But as the biggest example of a content you could do probably. And even that you see they... They don't just show it during the Super Bowl. There's usually a long commercial, and then they'll show five different versions of it for the next five years. Right, right. Budweiser, great example. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it, it's also this uh, omni-channel omni -channel trend. I keep hearing that word now all the time, too. But it's this method of distribution because almost, I think I read a stat the other day, it was like 98% of consumers use more than one device over the course of a given day. Yeah. So if you're going to reach them, you better be in more than one place, especially with all the noise. The noise. I like that part of the conversation. One of the big notes, something I want to get into here, I, I guess we'll do it on this half. This could be the whole second half of the podcast today, but putting your content where they're not when it comes to content delivery. I had a thought on it just before the podcast. You know, you, you can say that there's the fishing analogy, oh, you don't want to fish where everybody else is. But it occurred to me that it depends on who you are. If you're the big player then you want to go where the fish are. But if you're the small player, you want to go where other people aren't. Mm -hmm. Because you don't see the big fishing company saying, oh, we're going to go over here where nobody is. No, no, they go and dominate where all the fish are. Right. Um, so I guess it depends on the size of your company, what you're, you know, where you're going to be putting your content out and what type of content you're going to be putting out to try to pick up the scraps from the, from the big guys if you're smaller or to try to dominate if you're bigger. But 
when it comes to the the delivery of content and everything, most of what we talk about nowadays is social. Um, but feel free to stray off anywhere you want to billboards or or you know, paying people to put tattoos on the back of their head or anything. You want. <laughs> I tried to get that uh, a tattoo booth at our conference this year, but I got shot down. I don't. I don't know why. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be a great. That would be a great booth to have. I mean, obviously, permanent tattoo maybe. That would be a big jump, a uh, but you could always do a temporary tattoo, do a little henna tattoo for people or something like that. I, I don't know. It's a sales yeah. conference. So, you know, if you get a bunch of salespeople in a room and fuel them with alcohol, tattoos can happen. That's an awesome point. A free tattoo. A lot. Every sales guy on my team would take you up on that. Right? <laughs> They'd be like, wow, they did a whole dragon on my back with a koi fish. You look at it like, that's weird. It just uh, says salesloft.com. <laughs> once it's there it's there make sure they sign a disclaimer right <laughs> it's uh it's really interesting though that you bring up billboards because right outside of our office actually as you have a perfect view of it from our ceo's office and he just posted a video of it this morning there's a billboard for sales loft that says proudly atlanta's number one best place to work because our local newspaper um That's ajc voted us number one i think mid-sized company to work at last year so did you guys did you guys buy your own billboard in front of your office yeah, calling yourselves number one just to make your employees happy? <laughs> we, we didn't call us number one. We were voted number one. So we, we didn't we didn't make it up, but yes, we bought the billboard right outside of our office. That would be an awesome strategy if you have some morale issues in your company is to buy the billboard in front of your office and say, everybody's so happy here. I mean, it could also backfire, but that, yeah, it might be a little, uh, I, don't, I think people would deface it if it wasn't true, yeah. but um, <laughs> it, you don't want your motivational poster to be seen as a joke. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of like what, what's old is new again, right? I mean, when was the last time you got something cool in the mail? What if some marketer sent you like a, a branded Mophie, like one of those portable cell phones? Yeah. Cold calling and physical yeah. ma mail are having a massive comeback yeah. because that's where people aren't. Yeah. Even the big players say they still want to go where people aren't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like fashion concepts come back around. So do sales concepts and marketing concepts. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's a big way of breaking through it. I mean, think about all the LinkedIn videos you see. How many of those can you actually call out and remember at the end of the day? Yeah. I'm dying to get a billboard someday. Yeah. I, I heard you have the number one best place to work. So. Yeah, at the, if you market the shit out of it, they will come. It's going to be our, our billboard. It'll just be a picture of a cornfield, maybe Kevin Costner. I don't Hashtag know. marketing shit. It's like Kevin was full of shit. <laughs> if, if you build it, nobody shows up. You got to market the shit out of it. That's the part of that movie. They cut out the scene where he actually gets a plane and flies over the whole state dropping leaflets to everybody saying, come to this magical baseball game. They left that out. That's why it's so confusing when you're saying, why are all these people driving there? It's so right. weird. It doesn't make any sense. How do they even know about it? They, they cut that. Right, yeah. right. You, you have to market the shit. Yeah. High tech crop dusting. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, things like that. <laughs> Talking about noise too. I mean, people bring it back to sales again, but marketing is so much like sales. I mean, when you buy something, you generally go off of a recommendation and you're always asking as salespeople, we encourage, we encourage the um, happy customers to give us referrals. So things like influencer programs, I mean, you see that blown up with B2C, right? You can't go through Instagram without having a sponsored post. Um, oh yeah. The fire festivals. big oh, right God. now. <laughs> that was hilarious. I can't, 
I don't know. He's got to repay back all that money too. He just lost a. It's very interesting what's going on with that. Yeah. yeah. So even things like influencer, there's, I mean, every type of marketing can be exploited. Email marketing is amazing, but then you get all the spam and you get really bad players and there's still influencer marketing. Okay. That's great. But then you get bad players. Like anything that works, you're going to have bad players. There. Yeah. You have to be selective. I mean, I think one of the things that SalesLoft does really well is live and die by our core values. Um, and we also require that our influencers exhibit those same values because they're an extension of your company. They're an extension of your brand. Um, so you don't want somebody out there, you know, walking around with their, their, uh, tattoos all over the place from your conference. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if Cardi B came to your conference booth and wanted a tattoo, I think you'd I, do it. You know, I would. I would. <laughs> but you probably wouldn't seek her out and pay her a fortune to No, do it. we yeah. actually have Blues Travelers this year, so I'm excited for that. Oh, right? awesome. I would get a harmonica tattoo. <laughs> I mean, why not? Right. She already has a whole bunch of like uh, jailhouse tattoos from her I roller do. derby I days. Do. I so. Wait, what was your team name? We we had to change it. Uh, it was the Saki Tuyas, like S A K E, mm-hmm. and it was kind of this uh, Asian Oriental theme. Um, but I I saw last year they changed the name. I can't remember what it's what it changed to now because I, I guess it was maybe borderline offensive to uh, that culture. But we didn't mean it like that. <laughs> yeah. It, so actually, I wanted to, uh, no problem. I want to take a break. So we'll get back. It actually ended up being the world's longest teaser. Uh, After the break, we'll get back, talk more about content delivery and kind of where and how to deliver this stuff uh, for people, different techniques, different places, all that kind of good stuff. So Laura, take a minute to, to think about that. We'll go on break here and get back to that afterward. You're listening to the If You Market podcast. I'm Sky Cassidy. We've got our co-host Carla Jo Helms with us. And Laura Hall of SalesLoft is here talking about marketing communications. Wow, I botched that. You're not talking about marketing communications. That's your title. You're talking about content delivery and content marketing. Fantastic. All right, off to the break. We'll be back in just a minute. Hi, this is Daniel Voss from GoToWebinar. I'm the chief webinar wrangler here at GoToWebinar, where we're the largest webinar platform in the world with more than 50,000 customers and 60 million people attending webinars on the platform every year. If you want to come check out GoToWebinar, go to gotowebinar.com and take out one of our free trials and give the product a spin. Welcome back from the break. I'm Sky Cassidy. You're listening to the If You Market podcast. Our co-host Carla Joel Helms is here. Hello. Along with Laura Hall of uh, SalesLoft, we are talking about content delivery. So uh, content delivery, Laura, let's jump right back into it. During the break, you started mentioning not being everywhere with content marketing. I think we brought up Reddit um, and how you guys don't do anything on Reddit. Can you speak to the don't be everywhere uh, a bit here? Sure. Um, you know, I'm an avid Reddit uh, lurker, I guess. I don't really participate, but um, I love it. But you have to make choices about where you're going to be, because if you try to be on every single social media platform and deliver content in every way imaginable, um, you're just going to you know, never sleep again. Uh, it's not worth it. It just it ends up being noisy. You can't do any one thing that well. So choose and you're not going to be everything to everyone. That's part of your strategy, right? Finding right. out where you really need to be to be seen by who you need to be seen by. Right, right. And find out where find out where your people are and go there. You know, I don't know. I don't think if we started using Pinterest heavily, that would be really a productive use of time for us. But LinkedIn, yeah, every salesperson and their brother is on LinkedIn. 
So uh, be be strategic about where you go and where you spend your time. Yeah, and I guess Reddit had come up. I see people using platforms like that for things they're not intended for. Mm-hmm. Like Reddit is not a content distribution platform, as far as I know. I'm not I'm not big into Reddit, but um, one of the areas that I I see regularly and I'll post stuff sometimes is Quora. And I see Mm -hmm. so many people spamming Quora with questions that are designed really for, for their own marketing, for their own lead generation. And I look at them, I can can tell this isn't a real question. This is BS. You're either self-promoting your product um, or you're kind of digging for intent data or something like that, but it's not what the platforms use for. They start getting, uh, getting abused, I guess, as content distribution, lead generation, kind of techniques again there's bad players and they figure out how to use these platforms for their purpose and sometimes they ruin them oh that's so true i mean look at facebook (laughs) i mean the same things that happen in b2c happen in b2b just a little bit uh lagging right yeah now now uh you remember the linkedin groups and those were supposed to be just great communities and they turned into just spam complete spam it's just oh yeah, it's, it's all yep. salespeople joining to sell their stuff to other salespeople that are there to sell their stuff. This is why we can't have like, nice things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I really go on LinkedIn for good. I go on there for good content. I go on there to learn. Um, and I typically just tune the other stuff yeah. out. You know, I haven't really noticed it getting a lot of yeah. uh, glutton. Well, LinkedIn's awesome. Glutton they yet. do a great oh, job no, of monitoring that. the regular yeah. traffic, mm-hmm. but the groups are just the world's worst networking event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the platform itself. I mean, it's it's true. But talk about um, talk about distribution and and evolution too. LinkedIn recently launched Elevate, which I don't work for LinkedIn. I just think that's really cool. Is that their video platform? <laughs> no, that just no, read that's about? like uh, that's completely separate. <laughs> that's like their live feed. They're trying to start up, but. Elevate is basically something that helps people within your organization, or you can give a license to an influencer or something, helps them source and share content. So you can source it through different feeds. Like you talk about using LinkedIn for for actually learning things. I have a feed for marketing and advertising, um, and I can go through here and see the top post, and then it makes it easy for me to schedule and share it. It's called broadcasting. Um, And then you can have a company feed too. So our social media guy, David, um, goes through and posts like every new blog post that goes up or a mention somewhere or, you know, anything relevant we'd want to share on our page. He'll put it in there. Our coworkers can all see it. They can reshare it. And that's the most powerful distribution there is, right? A, a volume. Yeah. So it helps yeah. you aggregate stuff and basically so you can add it to a schedule. So mm-hmm. it isn't, you're not saying every time I want to go and, and share something, let me go look people up who I like their content, find whatever's in my feed, and then share something I find there. You can kind of preload all this stuff into a feed of of things that you know you want to to share at some point yeah. is that the yeah and you can idea? schedule it out for a week i mean it's something that social media marketers have been doing for a long time right scheduling you have these like hootsuite and tweet deck and all these things um this makes it possible for you to do that within organizations and to follow specific people I'm embarrassed. I'm usually on top of LinkedIn. I'm not familiar with this function. Is this part of a premium accounts? Is it for everybody? You have to where's, pay where's for this it. Um, I have no idea how much it costs, but <laughs> I'm sure it's not cheap. Um, and it's something that your organization would invest in, but it's it's fairly new. I feel like they might have rolled it out like four or five months ago, maybe. It's uh, it's brand new, but it's, it's really cool and it, it makes it easy for people to share. Awesome. So just one more uh, content delivery mechanism, right, basically. Right, right. 
and you know managing your time and not not being all place all things to all people or all places at once it makes that possible because you're kind of redistributing some of that work to your employee base yeah nice and i know we've had issues with that here we create content put it on social media we encourage our people to hey make sure you go like this share it right. you know if we post something and we don't see our own employees have liked it it's kind of frustrating right. you know they haven't shared it it's like you have an account i see you writing your own posts why not grab the companies and share them a little too? This makes that all the, all that easier. Oh yeah. And it saves your inbox. Cause we used to just wait we try not to abuse that. Right. And we'd wait and send it, you know, all out to like sales loft. Um, whenever I probably should not have just said the email address to email all of sales loft on the air. <laughs> Please edit that out. Do not email sales loft. Wow. I think any, any Don't company you could just write. Word. Sales email. team that's at true. marketing at, and you would get through. To uh, but that's why we don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> people can just go into Elevate and do it. You don't. You don't need that additional email. I'll make sure we beep that out, so everybody <laughs> listening, all, all the all the listeners will just hear beep at sales right, love. Right. It does not say. <laughs> just the beep. It doesn't say. That. <laughs> now you just said it again. <laughs> oh, there's gonna be a lot Fail. of beeps in here. <laughs> I promise I wasn't saying the F word. We'll we'll leave in. Wow, that's F word at sales loft. That's where. You... That's a thing. That's wow. great. I'm gonna get fired after doing this podcast. It's funny. We can swear on this podcast. I still feel the urge to say F word. It would be uh, dropping an F bomb. There doesn't seem right. seem right. So uh, distribution methods. That's one more kind of distribution method. It's it's an, an augmenting how you distribute on LinkedIn. Can you give us your top? distribution channels? You have the content, you just need to get it out there. What do you do? Yeah. Um, LinkedIn, we've already talked about that. That is a huge channel for us. It's where a lot of our focus is as far as social uh, is concerned. Um, we use our blog. We put out a ton of content, but we have recently launched an influencer program. And so our influencers are a really important source of, of distribution. They're, they're channels and, and we value them very, very greatly. Um, but it's kind of like all, all ships rise together, right? If you can co-promote each other, it helps, right? You, you will only reach the people that are following you on social media. But if you have an influencer that shares it on his or her account, then you reach all of their following too. So that's really, I find, the best way to grow, grow your following. Um, the last thing, uh, I'm like going in threes, I guess, uh, the newsletter. That's truly the only list you own, right? Facebook, LinkedIn, they could all disappear tomorrow but you will always have this list of email addresses. So I think uh, while maybe it's considered a little old school these days or overdone, it, it is still very, very important because you own it. Yep. And uh, on influencers, that's a great, I don't want to dig into that. We actually have a past episode. Episode 19 is on building influencer mm -hmm. relationships. So anybody who wants to dig into influencers, that's its, its own subject. Go back and listen to episode 19 with, uh, with Jackson Kahn on that. It's a great, great episode. Um, so you've got LinkedIn influencers also. If you're listening to this podcast, we think you're probably into B2B marketing. If you're not on LinkedIn, when we mention it every episode almost as the number one place to be, then just stop listening right now. Go sign up for an account, get yourself going on LinkedIn, and then come back. And yeah, and what was the episode where we had our LinkedIn expert talk about um, best practices? Do you remember? I can't remember her name. Yes, we did have that. I think that was episode 32. Oh, um, with, uh, yeah, with Rachel Simon, yes, you can find that right. on, uh, if you market.com and yeah, she's talking about developing LinkedIn thought leadership there. Yeah. She had great tips and advice on that. Definitely listen to that one too. 
So we're, we're turning this episode just into a throwback <laughs> to what you can learn from other episodes episode. <laughs> but yeah, talk about content. Yeah. You got to be on LinkedIn. Influencers seems to be, as you mentioned, with uh, on the consumer side, it's big, but B2B, people think so much about consumer. They don't realize the things that are big in consumer, There's it's kind of behind the scenes. You know? You're not seeing it in your TV commercials and stuff, so you yeah. don't realize it's there. But it, uh, influencers are, are huge in in B2B. So you've got LinkedIn, you've got influencers. What other channels uh, do, you, do you guys like? For, um, do you like you, for no, I mentioned the newsletter too. That's just, it's, it's massive. Getting people to sign up for oh, your yeah. newsletter, owning that list, um, not abusing it, right? And sending things out on a regular cadence as well. If people want to know, like, I know when my marketing profs newsletter is going to hit my inbox and I'm excited for it. I am a Anne Hanley fangirl. Um, so I look forward to her bi-weekly newsletter that comes out on Sundays, which I think is brilliant because that's when people are checking their their inboxes, right? Getting getting caught up for the week. And so the open rates are generally better on Sundays. Yeah. I would say make sure you sign up with one email only because I get like five a day from them from five oh, different yeah. email addresses. Um. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I've made that mistake before. I was not happy. And you think, why are they sending me? So, and then you realize, oh no, it's my fault. Mm-hmm. I did this yeah. to myself. So yeah, newsletters are huge. Mm-hmm. It's a top of the funnel marketing area. You're not selling people in your newsletter. You're, you know, giving out information, content uh, on the top of the funnel marketing side. And make it entertaining, mm-hmm. right? Make your newsletter entertaining. What's the sale of any content? If you're interested in PR, check out the uh, Joto mm-hmm. PR newsletter. Carla Joe puts out a great newsletter every, I want to say day almost, Carla Joe. Well, you know, we do a, a newsletter every month. We found out that... Um, just based on human behavior, people love to read about PR fails. Sometimes you learn about seeing what people failed at. So we did Fire a long time ago before it came out with this documentary. We were on it uh, when it first came out. Um, so we have a monthly newsletter of that, um, and it goes into PR fails, PR wins, PR and history. But then we do snippets um, because we've been doing these newsletters for so long. So you get a little daily snippet of um, things that are pretty timeless about things that happened in the PR world, uh, brand mess ups, brand um, highlights, things like that. People love them. Oh, it's amazing. I love that you say snippets too. It made me uh, realize that I didn't mention something that I should have because it's kind of core to core product feature. We have snippets and templates that our salespeople use to distribute messaging. Ooh, like, what do you mean by that? So, like, if we have an ebook, we recently had an ebook come out about personalization, and we use that as big rock content and created all sorts of types of content off of that videos, blog posts, infographics, whatever. So we can create templates and put them into a cadence for salespeople. And so the messaging and the links are already there and it makes it super easy for them to share content. Maybe that's like a theme, right? LinkedIn Elevate, creating cadences and snippets and templates. Just make it easy for people to share your content. And they will as long as the content is, you know, worth sharing. Wow. You know, that's really neat because salespeople really do love to – share content, Mm -hmm. share data, things like that. And sometimes marketing and branding departments can cringe because they may not do it right. Right. (laughs) Our last guest, the very last episode on the If You're Market podcast, um, mentioned a tool called Text Expander that inserts snippets in so you don't have to copy and paste even. I think you you just type the little code for whatever the snippet is and and whatnot. And I I found that really interesting. I haven't tried that out. I'm going to have to check it out. But okay, inserting snippets in. Back to the newsletter thing. Um, I believe it's uh, Katie Martell has a great newsletter on marketing. I love her format. She uh, puts 
kind of bullet points at the top. So she says, here's the subjects for this. Uh, the way I read things, if I see one big paragraph of text, I get uh, intimidated and I leave. So I, I love that she may cover five subjects, but she'll say, here's the five subjects right. right at the top. We actually do that too, bullet it out with the links to whatever piece of content we're trying to send people to. So, you know, too long, didn't read, just click here. Yeah. Yep. And, it, or, you know, Hey, maybe one of these five things interests you, but if I just put them in order, you're not going to get to the fifth one, which is actually what you'd be fat. You really yeah, want to dig exactly. into. That's very important. Um, if you, if you call out one specifically too, like around Halloween, we did a Halloween infographic, the seven deadly sins of selling. Um, and I put it third in the newsletter, but in the intro, I, I gave it a shout out. Right. So this is, this is truly a cool infographic and it's funny. And that was the most quick thing in that newsletter. So if you really nice. want to highlight something, give it a shout. If it's not already in there, one of the deadly sins of selling I, I'd like to uh, to throw out is misunderstanding the term "always be closing." Uh, people grab onto these little, you know, these little catchphrases, and then they start taking them literally, and they take them the way to mean what they think they mean without really understanding mm -hmm. what it means, and then everything right. goes to hell. A little bit of knowledge is dangerous, right? So true. Yeah. I'll always be closing. Great. Just call people up and say, Hey, can I have, you know, ask for the sale? Can I have the credit card? Can I have the credit card? I... No, that's not. How yeah. Sell. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting too. Um, they, it, people, people find something and they take it to the extreme. It's like, um, like wasting time. Like you're supposed to warm people up and make them like you, but people also don't have half an hour to spend on small talk either. So, you know, be nice, exchange pleasures, yeah. pleasantries, but then get to the point. Right. Oh, I hear our, when I hear our guys on the floor, I'll stop and correct them. I hear them jumping on a call and they start, hey, yeah, you know, I see that uh, you live in Pittsburgh. How about those Steelers or some like this guy knows you're not his friend. Stop trying to be his friend. You're wasting his time. Right. You're patronizing him. He's going <laughs> to if he's important and willing to able to do something for you, he's going to get offended and hang up that. You're trying to act like you guys are going to be buddies now. You're not going to be buddies. Do your job and tell him what you can provide him. That'll make his, his life easier or something like that. Okay. Yeah, it's frustrating when salespeople try. They misuse these techniques. Be friendly. That's fine. But don't don't pretend like you know, you're going to buddy up with this guy because you read his LinkedIn. Yeah, profile. exactly. I, I know, right? I hate to do this, but I have to run. He has a hard stop. I feel it coming. You've got a heart out. Yep. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's exit real quick. I do want to mention Sales Loft has an event coming up, the Rainmaker 2019 Welcome to the Sales Revolution. Did I get that right, uh, Laura? That is right. Sales Revolution. So it's kind of a theme of this call too, right? This podcast is, uh, you know, we're, we're redefining how sales is done. It's not Glengarry anymore. Fantastic. And uh, we'll we'll get off really quick here for you, but everything from the show will be on the show notes. We'll have more information from that there. You can find Laura Hall on, on LinkedIn again. If you're not already there, go there now and find Laura Hall and follow her. And please share us, share the If You Market podcast on, uh, on your social media. Tell your friends, give us good reviews on iTunes, take their phones, subscribe them, give us good reviews on iTunes. And uh, on behalf of Carla Jo Helms and the If You Market team and Laura Hall of Sales Loft, thank you for listening to the If You Market podcast, where we believe if you market the shit out of it with content marketing, they will come. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Thank you.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.